Welcome to Natalia's Girl Power Hour. My name is Natalia, and I created this show for women, all about women, to empower women. We're going to talk to the women that you love and get all up in their business about how they've made it happen, accomplished their goals, and uh, overcame obstacles along the way. I'm really excited to introduce our new guest this week. Her name is Lisa Song Sutton, and Lisa is an entrepreneur, also a beauty queen, and you have like 20 businesses. So I'm super excited to talk to you about your journey into pageantry and what that experience was like, as well as how you were able to use that as a kind of a springboard into becoming this entrepreneur. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. So you were Miss Nevada 2014. Yes. Um, and you were in beauty pageants, but you were also working at like a law firm, right? Around the same time. <laughs> so tell me, how did that work? Yes. Well, um, so I moved to Las Vegas in 2010 after I finished grad school mm -hmm. and I started working my big girl job at the law firm. And um, fall of 2013, my mom called me and she was like, um, are you getting ready to compete for Miss Las Vegas? And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of busy. Like we had just started Sin City Cupcakes the year prior. I was mm -hmm. working full time at the firm. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you're getting ready to age out. This is your last year. And I was like, <gasps> like, oh. how did I wake up one day and I'm aging out of right. pageantry and modeling? Right. Because apparently after 29, you fall off a cliff. Right. Oh, I don't know what happens. Is that after with 29. the ages? Yes. Okay. 29 is the age cutoff for Miss M-I-S-S. Got it. So um, I buckled down and I got really serious about competing and I made it my goal to win. And I came in as an underdog. Um, mm -hmm. I was the shortest contestant my year that I competed in one. And I was also the oldest in the division at 28. And I was 29 by the time I went to nationals. That's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> it was an amazing experience, though. And I'm so happy I did it. Absolutely. And were you doing pageants and things like that when you were growing up? No, um, I grew up uh, in the fine arts. So playing piano, playing flute, doing dance, uh, tap dance, ballet. Um, so a lot of performing arts, but mm -hmm. no pageantry. So what made you decide to do it? Was it just your mom's phone call kind of being like, hey, let's, you know, let's try this out? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I love the um, the messaging around pageantry. And it's about women empowerment. It's about self-confidence. And some of my best girlfriends have actually come from the pageant and modeling industry, which is, I think, contrary to popular belief. You think there's a lot of cattiness in mm -hmm. those industries. And um, there is a little bit, but... For the most part, everyone's pretty chill. Everyone's pretty supportive. And as long as you kind of find your tribe, mm -hmm. it ends up being a really, really good group. That's good to hear because I do think, I would think that because all the women and you're being competing, because you always hear about stories like somebody cut up somebody's bathing suit or took their makeup or, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. And those are real instances. Fortunately, it's never happened to me personally. Um, but I think an important thing to think about is um, when you say pageants, people think of the swimsuit competition, right? Which mm -hmm. it is a component of the competition, mm -hmm. but it's only 25% of your score in the Miss United States organization. Right. Interview, swimsuit, evening gown, and onstage question are the four areas of competition. They're all weighted evenly. So if you break it down, 50% mm -hmm. of your score is talking, right. interview, and onstage question, mm -hmm. right? And should you win, you spend your year going to elementary schools, right. volunteering in hospitals, right? You're not walking up in your swimsuit to some third grade right. class, you know? <laughs> You're going in to entertain third graders for 45 minutes, right? Right. So I think it's really important to remember that, that it's supposed to be, um, you know, well-rounded. It's mm -hmm. teaching these women to be well-rounded. You know, it's crazy because there's so much controversy about, like, the swimsuit competition right now. You mm -hmm. hear in the media or whatever. And I remember growing up, and my grandma used to love Miss Universe. And I remember, like, sitting there watching Miss Universe and just being in awe of, like, the costumes and the questions and the performances. And, and when I look back at it and I look at how society views pageants now, it's such a different, I guess we look at it through a different lens now. 
a little I bit? I think so too. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, for me personally, I've always just viewed it as a celebration of what a woman can do, mm-hmm. right? She can be feminine and beautiful and have all those kind of girly attributes and qualities with the high heels and the makeup and the hair. But at the same time, she's an advocate for her community, right? Right. She's out promoting her public service platform. She's out volunteering in the community. And she is there as a representative for her city, her state, her country. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we forget about that part, right? Like all the community involvement that women in pageants do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so you're Miss Nevada 2014. How did you start so many businesses because let me just read a few of them you're a real estate investor you have ownership interest in several different companies including the very popular sin city cupcakes here in las vegas um but you also work in tech retail and food areas you're a speaker you're a published writer you've written articles for forbes and huffington post you're on a board of bitcoin nevada you have a entrepreneurship company called youngry uh, you were voted the 2017 Top 10 Socialpreneur to watch. <laughs> How do you do it? You know, I don't do it alone. I am so blessed to have operational partners and operational staff in everything that I do, mm-hmm. right? So I'm certainly not a one-woman show. It literally would be impossible. Yeah. Um, and so my first company was Sin City Cupcakes. I started that with my co-founder, Danielle. She and I met in the modeling industry, actually, like really? 12 years ago, like a long time ago, back wow. in Florida, and just hit it off and became friends. Mm-hmm. Um and then fast forward, I moved to Vegas. She was still living in Florida. We're chatting on the phone. Hey, girl, what have you been up to? And mm-hmm. she told me she'd been making these alcohol cupcakes. And mm-hmm. I was like, stop it. Like, that is such a good idea. Mm-hmm. If I can find a way to bankroll it, will you move to Vegas? Because I was working full time at the firm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to bake. Right. So I was <laughs> like, would you move to Vegas? And she was like, I don't know. And she moved. Wow. And we started the company in 2012. So was that scary to start your, was that your first business that you started? Very so first time. How did that, how was that process? What was that like? Because I think a lot of times we always hear the end result, but we don't hear about the like rolling up your sleeves and getting in there and the grind. Yes, a lot of trial by fire because um, we were also the first to, to do alcohol-infused cupcakes in a meaningful way here in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So the health department didn't know how to handle us. ATF oh. didn't know how to, like, classify and label us. Mm-hmm. So we had to jump through a lot of different hoops to get the proper licensing to be able to sell to the public. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had to learn all of that. There was not, you know, another bakery that had already established everything and we could just kind of follow in their footsteps. Right. Um, and like I said, you know, I had to learn how to bake. Mm-hmm. Um because in the very beginning of the company, it was just the two of us. Wow. Right? Um, so I had to learn. Luckily now, thank goodness, we have really amazing pastry chefs and, mm-hmm. and kitchen staff who have culinary degrees and, and they're far more talented than uh, myself. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in the beginning, I think it's very important for you to know what it is. So for example, if you go into start a restaurant, you better know how to prepare all the dishes. Maybe not to, you know, this amazing chef standard if you're not right. a chef, right? But you should at least have an idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You have to, right? Yeah. You should know every layer of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was the first one. A lot of trial by fire, but um, it was important to have a supportive team. Um, I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, because uh, you hear these stories about like, oh, I was sick of my job and I quit it. Mm-hmm. And then I started my company and, and I jumped in all, all in, both feet first. Um, I'm pretty risk adverse. Okay. And so in starting Sin City Cupcakes, I started it as a side project. Mm-hmm. I was still working full-time at the law firm. And for the first 18 months of Sin City Cupcakes, mm-hmm. of, of its, um, as long as it was alive for 18 months, mm-hmm. uh, I was working full-time at the law firm. Danielle was doing the cupcakes full-time, but literally I would finish the firm at like 6, and then I'd meet her, and wow. we'd bake, and we'd hustle, and we'd market, and whatever we had to do. The weekends, I, we were at farmer's markets or doing events or catering or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was basically working two jobs. But it was awesome, right? I had a great time because I was building something for myself. 
Um, and it just got to a point where I was like, okay, like now I can leave my job comfortably, mm-hmm. right? I think it's really important to remember that because if you don't have your bills paid, I think it's really tough. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it, it, it's a passion project, right? It's a labor of love. But eventually, you know it's going to get there. It just yeah. takes time to build it, to create it, to get your mm-hmm. customer base, things like that. Mm-hmm. But have your bills paid. So if you can, like, keep your whatever day job you have, mm-hmm. keep it for as long as you can. As long as it's, you know, not a negative work environment or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. keep it for as long as you can. So that way, your just bills are paid, right? Your mortgage, your car yeah. insurance, like. Just stuff like that is paid, and then that way you can focus on what's good for the company, mm-hmm. right, for your company. Because I think in the beginning you see a lot of people make desperate business decisions because they need to get money in the door. Right. Right. Everyone's trying to get paid. Everyone's trying mm-hmm. to pay their mortgage or their rent. And, and if you just already have that paid, mm-hmm. like, then you can go ahead and make healthy, positive decisions for longevity of the company. How long would you say it took you to really start generating some revenue where you could finally leave the law firm? It took about a year. Yeah. Yeah, it took about a year. Um, and I know there's these averages like, oh, you don't start making money until three years or five, whatever it is. I think it's just dependent on the industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of luck involved, right? Yeah. Um, but it's timing as well, right? If you got, you got to be out there every day hustling. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, you know, you can, you live lean, right? You mm-hmm. live meager. Just make sure your bills are paid. And then all the excess money was going into the company. And mm-hmm. we were spending google ads we were building up our instagram we were paying money for professional photo shoots of our cupcakes like mm-hmm. we were everywhere trying to do everything that we possibly could and so all that extra cash flow was just going back in the company weren't you guys featured on tv shows too we were yeah, yeah. how did that how'd you make that happen we just did a ton of reach out because we were like you know what we're something fun and unique and mm-hmm. we are a quintessential las vegas treat right right you're already coming as a tourist you're already yeah. coming to vegas to overspend overindulge, mm-hmm. buy new things you're not going to buy into at home mm-hmm. so our alcohol cupcakes should be part of your Las Vegas experience, right? Got it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we pitched it. We marketed it. And we were like, we are part of the Las Vegas experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell people, if you have an idea for a product or service that caters to tourism or like tourist market in any way, try it in Las Vegas. This is mm-hmm. your perfect test market because people are already coming here. Yeah, and they're coming here to spend money. Yes, like this is one of the few coming. cities that yeah. people come, like they say they're, they're ready. And they're ready yeah. to blow it on everything. Yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So try it here. And um, when what other businesses uh, do you have ownership interest in? So um, real estate, which is uh, Christie's International Real Estate, mm-hmm. and um, it's an incredible company. I'm very blessed to be part of them. Um, Ship Las Vegas, which is a mailbox rental pack and ship store. We have two locations here in the Valley. We're going to open a third one, um, hopefully towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Liquid and Lace, which is a swimwear company, swimwear and lingerie. Um, that's all e-commerce. And um, I've had that for about four years now um, with my partner who lives in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can definitely get into e-com and, and all that good stuff because it's it's changed a lot over the f- last four years. And mm-hmm. it's been really interesting. Um, oh, my goodness. Brandbridge is a marketing app, <laughs> um, and ownership interest in Youngry, which is an entrepreneurship media company out of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, Glow, which is um, a biotech company that's created the world's first light-emitting plant. I saw that yeah. on your website, and I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, I, it looks like incredible. Pandora from Avatar. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly right. So that's been really fun and exciting, and an industry that I'm not intimately familiar with. I'm, I'm familiar with marketing a niche product, mm-hmm. right? Getting it into the hands of people. Yeah. Um, but all the chemistry stuff, like it's just been really interesting to be on the back end and learn from the scientists that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, I sit on the advisory board of several companies. Um, one of them is Bitcoin Nevada mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Asian Community Development Council, which is here in Las Vegas, a 501c3. That's awesome. How do you pick which business you want to be involved in? Because I'm sure people must pitch you all the time. I get a lot of inbounds. And um, for me, I filter out, um, one, is it, with regard to the industry, is it a product or service that I would personally use, mm-hmm. right? Because I can't back it in any meaningful way if I don't, if I don't like it. Yeah. 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 If, if I'm like, I wouldn't use that. Yeah. So is it a product or service that I would personally use? Mm-hmm. And then the next step is who is the operations team? Mm-hmm. Who's the operational partner or partners? Who's the operations team? Because um, really it comes down to it. Partners are just incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and who you pick is is basically a financial marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a marriage. Yeah. You know, it, um, you guys have to see eye to eye on most things. You mm-hmm. have to have very, very strong communication. Um, it's like a relation, you know, a mm-hmm. relationship, except it's, it's not a romantic relationship. It's a business relationship. But there's so many elements that are overlaid with it that you really have to get to know that person well and trust them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also important, I think, to utilize your resources and the people around you, right? Like I was watching this interview and you know that show Insecure on HBO? Mm-hmm. Issa Rae was doing an interview who's the writer and stars in the show. And she was saying when she was just starting out in comedy, she just used her friends that she knew were talented. Yeah. And they kind of built this little tribe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they all just worked together. And instead of like, she didn't go trying to pitch like Will Smith or Martin Lawrence, because she couldn't reach them. She didn't know how. So she reached out to people that she knew that could bring things to the table, and, like, now she has a show. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even with, um, so there's a shoe company that I'm invested in, and um, it's called Empress, and Mm -hmm. it's all, like, flat shoes. Like, they're cute, like, girly flats. And um, when we did our initial photo shoot for it, I just reached out to my girlfriends from the pageantry and modeling industry. Right. You know, and I was like, hey, could you guys help us out? We'll gift you a free pair, you Mm -hmm. know, like, let's have a fun day, a fun photo shoot at the house. And that's exactly what we did. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, with things like that, like, sometimes I feel like people starting a business are like, I need this celebrity to wear my product. And, like, think about it. If you get five girlfriends who have experience doing pageants, they have so many followers online, right. on social media already, and think about them promoting your product, that reach could be just as significant as a celebrity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's really authentic messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a girlfriend of yours, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I love these. You know, my friend just started this, whatever it is. And so she here she is supporting a friend's business Mm -hmm. and her followers see that and so it's just totally authentic there's no like pitch pitch sale you know and and it just makes it real yeah it becomes organic Mm -hmm. absolutely and i know you're on uh, bitcoin nevada tell me about cryptocurrency and women in cryptocurrency and why it's so important to get involved yes so it's just such a fascinating fascinating industry i heard about bitcoin back when i was in grad school in 2009 wow i wish i would have put in some money in (laughs) 2009 yeah um but yeah, that's back when I had heard about it. And I just kind of kept an ear out for it. And mm-hmm. then obviously last year it just exploded, you know, um, and came to the forefront, came into the mainstream. And um, I just think it's so important for women to get involved because there's so few women mm-hmm. in not only the financial industry, but even less in the crypto industry. Right. And um, I know a lot of it is because it's technology based and there's just few women coders that's just what it is on the statistics level Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to interest right all of us are concerned about our money yeah you know what I mean we're concerned about our money we're concerned about where it's going we're concerned about how we can make more Mm -hmm. and that's why women should be interested in finance and crypto industries because this is a fantastic way to make passive income Mm -hmm. right this is money that's just sitting that you don't have to go hustle and work for and market right. for, right? And yet it's going to continue to accumulate and grow and ultimately aid you. 
So if somebody wants to start investing or I guess just learning about cryptocurrency, where would you suggest they start? Yeah, there's a lot of great um, white papers online. Um, if, if you just go to the Bitcoin Nevada um, website, there's mm-hmm. a lot of online resources and links that you can just click through just to learn more and read like the Satoshi white paper. There's a lot of educational material. Mm-hmm. From an investing standpoint, here's what I recommend. Um, there is an app called CoinCap, and it lists all the cryptocurrencies by market cap, and you can um, it, it'll rank them. So, like the first one is Bitcoin, because that's the largest um, by market cap, and then mm-hmm. it goes down from there. I would take that top ten and just put ten dollars into each of the top ten. Mm-hmm. If you can do more, you know, if you can afford to do more, do more, mm-hmm. right? But just put ten bucks into each of the top ten. And then literally let it sit for like 10 months. Mm-hmm. Like just forget about it, right? Pretend you spent it and yeah. just leave it alone. And I, I put in $100 into each of the top 10 January 2017. Mm-hmm. I had a 300% return. Wow. By November of last year. Yeah. And that's what? Not even a year. 300% return. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get that anywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't get that in real estate. You don't get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Just take $10 mm-hmm. into each of the top 10 and let it sit. Absolutely. And you, you brought up real estate because I know you do uh, work in real estate and you're a real estate investor as well. And I read that real estate is one of the only industries where women make more than men. Yes. 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 It's very true. And it's because if you look at residential real estate, um, ultimate, what are you selling? You're selling a home, mm-hmm. right? Not just a house or a piece of property. Yeah. It's a home, right? right? And for whatever reason, women have the ability to connect right away with a potential buyer in mm-hmm. relation to, hey, this is a home, right? And mm-hmm. and getting the buyer to visualize what their life could be like mm-hmm. inside of this house right. and turning it into a home. So I think women are fantastic in real estate. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, I think we're more detail-oriented than men in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. And if you really break it down, real estate straight up is just contracts. Right. It's a contract. It's a mm-hmm. purchase agreement. It's a buyer brokerage agreement. It's a listing agreement. Those are all fancy words for contracts. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're, we're so particular about our eyeliner and we're particular about this, whatever. And we're like a little OCD on this. Mm-hmm. Great. Turn that attention and that skill into being OCD on contracts mm-hmm. and you'll kill it on real estate. Right. Um, did you hear about the realtor out of California who like threw the wine glass and broke it? Okay. No. So there's, no. this realtor, there's this realtor out of California. She went viral because of this video mm. um, where she was having a, um, a conference where, about renting and owning. And, you know, she wanted to get people to come in and, and learn about it. Okay. So on her viral video, she kicks it off and she's like, you wouldn't do this with a wine glass. Why would you, or with your wine, why would you do this with your money? And she took like the wine and threw it on the floor. And it was like funny, <laughs> but she was like serious. But her point was, yeah. you're, you don't want to throw away your money Absolutely. renting. So you should buy. But like her approach, it was very unique. <laughs> it was very out of the box. It went viral and now she's rolling in the dough. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So it takes little things, little random, like you would have never thought, I'm sure mm-hmm. she never thought that that video would go so viral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Any way that you can think of like outside of the box of marketing or just, mm-hmm. I mean, that definitely sounds authentic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I watched it 10 times and I'm like, no, she didn't no, throw she the wine. Didn't. And I'm like, who's clicking that up? Like, <laughs> whose house is she yeah, in front yeah, of? Like, was her house. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And not her client. <laughs> um, so how did you get started? Lisa, along your career, if you're just joining us, it's Natalia's Girl Power Hour. We're talking to Lisa Song Sutton, who is an entrepreneur and uh, one of the top 10 socialpreneurs to watch. Uh, how'd you get started, you know, in schooling, growing up? Yeah, 
I was raised in um, southeastern Arizona in a small town called Sierra Vista. Mm-hmm. It's a town of about 40,000 people, and it's right next to an Army intelligence base called Fort Huachuca. My dad's former military, okay. so I grew up down there. Um, and then I went to college at the University of Arizona, got a political science degree, and I went to law school mm-hmm. in Florida. So I had this these you know visions of like, oh, I'm going to be this fabulous corporate attorney, and mm-hmm. you know that was going to be my life, and it was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, life is so unpredictable, mm-hmm. right? And so there's so many opportunities that come your way. And I think I, there's an experiment that I want to try to do, and I've encouraged like some of my mentees to just try to do it for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Just say yes to everything for like two days, mm-hmm. right? Any inbound that comes in, someone invites you somewhere, whatever it is, just say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think that leaves the doorway open for a bunch of different opportunities to mm-hmm. come in and ones that you would never expect. Yeah. So... Starting Sin City Cupcakes in 2012, it, we started it on a whim. We got luckily, and it got some traction. And then after that was when I realized, oh, like, I can partner up with other people who have more experience and or, you know, more knowledge in whatever business or industry that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I can partner up with them, mm-hmm. and I can bring something of value, whether that's the funding side, whether that's help with legal, whether that's um, business and contracts, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing some portion a value, and then I can have a business. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so that's when I was like, okay, like, let's see what I can do. What other industries am I interested in? What other industries do I see a need in? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the real estate, for example, we had law firm clients that were would reach out to us with real estate needs, and we were just referring that business out. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, why are we referring it out? Like, maybe... I can handle it, but within, you know, a company. Mm-hmm. And then I teamed up with a full-time broker mm-hmm. and started that company. Right. So I, I think it's just really important to remember that. You don't have to do it alone, mm-hmm. right? Team up with the right people who have more experience than you, more knowledge than you, but bring something of value mm-hmm. to the table. And then you can have a company. Right. And then sometimes you realize it's not for you also. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, and you never have to worry about what if I would have did this because you did it and you realize maybe it didn't work. Because, like, here's a funny story. I love to bake, right? Like, I love to do, like, little fondant cakes. And, you know, I have kids, and we do these baking things and cute stuff for the holidays. So um, after I had my daughter, who's seven now, because I work in radio, and radio is a very unpredictable industry. And that, like, your station can be flipped the next day from one format to another, and then you don't have a job. So I always said, let me have something to fall back on. So um, I was like, let me go to culinary school and become a pastry chef and da-da-da-da-da. And when I did it, I realized, like, there's no way I can do that for a career just because I love what I do so much. Mm-hmm. And I loved baking as a hobby. Yep. But when it came to doing baking and being a pastry chef as a career, I realized that that wasn't a good fit for me mm-hmm. because I just – it it the, the passion – the same passion I have for the entertainment industry, I didn't really have – for that, but it's still a fun hobby. Like I still love to bake with my kids and stuff like that. But if I wouldn't have tried it, I think I'd still in the back of my head be saying, man, I could own a bakery. And Wondering now that I it. know what is entailed to have a bakery, I'm like, <laughs> you know, maybe that's not, that's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful that you tried it. Though. Yeah. I think a lot of people are hesitant to do it. Mm-hmm. And then just like you said, you have this idea of like, man, maybe I should have tried that. I should have tried that. And, and it kind of bubbles over. Yeah. Yeah. I tried real estate school too. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> and my kids always make fun of me and they're like, mom, you try so many things. And I'm like, well, how will I know what I like if I don't experience new things? You have to be yes. willing to go out of the box because even when I tried those two ventures, my family wasn't supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, you already have a career. What do you, you know, like yeah. it was a lot of negativity from friends and family that didn't get it. Yeah. But I'm like, let me just see how this works out. Cause I think a lot of times 
we don't always have the support of our family and friends when we're mm-hmm. trying to do something or trying to build a business or, mm-hmm. you know, they see us maybe having a hard time financially because we're putting all our blood, sweat and tears into a certain idea or project. And they're like, it's never going to work. You know, go back to your day job. And, and sometimes you have to just deal with the criticism, but keep going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely understand. When we started the cupcakes, my mom was like, um, she was like, you're not like quitting your job, right? I was like, no, I'm not, you know, like mm-hmm. relax. But then, you know, obviously as it grew and, and gained traction and got popular, I mean, there was, there's probably two Christmases in a row that like she would like drink too much wine and be like, don't you want to go back to being, oh. you know, and I was like, all right. But now, you know, six years later, right. she tells people it was her idea. Right. I was like, mom, I can hear you. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> That's so funny. My mom's the same way. When I first started off in radio, like she was like, that you're going to be a starving artist, forget it, this and that and this and that. And 16 years later, if, if she meets a stranger, hey, did you know my daughter? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> you know, like I literally remember her telling me it's never going to happen, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and how devastating that was at the time. But that kind of fueled me to keep going. Well, and I think especially with parents and with moms, right, with strong moms, mm-hmm. um, they just want what's best for us, right? Yeah. They, they want us to be safe, mm-hmm. right? They want us to be stable and safe. So to them, safe and stable is like a desk job. Mm-hmm. It's an office job. It's, a, you know, a, 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 a more traditional career. Right. Right. Yeah. Where you just work your nine to five and you clock out and and hopefully marry rich mm-hmm. and, and you're yeah. safe and secure. Right? right. And that's all you need. Yeah. It, it comes out of care. And yeah. I understand that. But absolutely. And I think culturally sometimes, too, we're t- our parents rely on those old school, you know, because I'm yes. Latina. So they rely on those old mm-hmm. school way of thinking or the old school. Yes. And I'm like, mom, it's 2018. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I completely understand. Right. Like, let's get with it. Um, what type of obstacles have you come across um, starting your businesses or just along your journey? And how were you able to overcome them? You know, there's so many. There's so many. Um, <laughs> um, well, even with Ship Las Vegas, our, our new uh, mailbox rental pack and ship stores, um, we just, June was the first month that both stores have been open. Mm-hmm. We opened uh, store one April 11th, and then we opened store two May 22nd. So June was our first month that both were open at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really exciting, but, you know, it's it's been a grind. Um, every two weeks, I'm depositing money into the business bank account from my personal funds to, um, you know, make sure we're covered on payroll and on expenses because mm-hmm. even though, we do have sales that are accumulating each day. They're not enough right now to cover rent and payroll and insurance and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still putting money in. Um, and that's just what it is. You know, we've been in operation less than one quarter. So mm-hmm. that's what it is, and that's okay. But um, I think that's something you have to be cognizant of and, and remember it. And it can be frustrating at times. Um, but like I said, you got to keep your eye on the prize, yeah. right? Um, it, you know, there's a lot of different obstacles. with um, Anytime you're in an industry, especially if it's male-driven, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, food and beverage is the male-driven industry. Mm-hmm. Um, real estate is a male, sometimes a very male-driven industry. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sin City Cupcakes, our first year, uh, we had a meeting with uh, one of the major casinos, and we were going to get our, our cupcakes in there. Um, and now, you know, everything's worked out now, but at that initial meeting, uh, the president walked in, mm-hmm. and uh, he had his head pastry chef with him. They both walk into uh, the meeting room. Danielle and I were already seated. And he said, oh, you girls are cute. Are the owners coming? <gasps> and we were like. We are the owners. <laughs> yeah, we My just like God. looked at each other. We were like, um, it's us. Like, 
Wow. Yeah. And so it was just really, it, obviously, it was like initially awkward. Yeah. But then, you know, we we kind of like laughed it off and we were just like, it's us, ha ha, you yeah. know, whatever. And like I said, no, everything's fine. Actually, we see him like an annual golf tournament every year. So like, it's all good yeah. now. But I remember that being a really startling moment for both of us. And, and um, Danielle, my, my partner with Sin City Cupcake, she was just like, like insulted, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, I was like, just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I, I think even if you encounter a situation like that, or and I don't think he meant it yeah, he, in a really malicious you know, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was just an I off the cuff statement, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and you guys are cute, you're pretty, you're pageant, you know, queens. We have been promo models in the past, right. you know? So I yeah. get it. But yeah. um, I think it's important just to rem- keep your eye on the prize, right? Remember why you're there. We were there to get a deal done. We were mm-hmm. there to get our cupcakes in there and work out a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if we would have stood up and been like, we are the owners. And, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it just been all crazy. And then it would have, I, I think it obviously would have turned the meeting a whole other direction. Right. And we wouldn't have accomplished what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I didn't take it as like a malicious mm-hmm. um, type of insult. Um, it was startling. But like I said, we're there to get a deal done. Right. Right. So what do we need to do to get the deal done? Mm-hmm. And and that's an important lesson, right, to mm-hmm. learn. And, and the fact that I guess men still see women in that light, you know, is, is kind of crazy. But I think things are changing now. I think, I think you know, in the yeah. times we live in. This was back in, in 2012. Right. Yeah. Like in the Me Too movement era, I feel like women were getting this new, uh, people are able to look at us differently. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're getting looked at differently. We're not, I guess, all of our issues are coming to the forefront more. Mm-hmm. Um, and things aren't being swept under the rug the way they used to be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Um, what's your favorite business? I know it's like fic- Picking a favorite kid, but <laughs> they're all so fun. Um, you know, I I guess um, you know, Sin City Cupcakes is just one of my my favorite ventures because we get to be part of everyone's special occasions, mm-hmm. right? Birthday parties, bachelorette parties, weddings, events, whatever it is, like we get to be part of that, and it's just so fun. Like this weekend, we're delivering fifteen hundred cupcakes to the Silverton because mm-hmm. they're celebrating their twenty first anniversary. Oh wow! So they're calling it their twenty first birthday. Oh, so they need boozy they cupcakes. They need boozy yeah. cupcakes, right? So like, how fun! Yeah, right. And we're we're so lucky that we get to be part of these like just really fun celebrations because I mean, honestly, you cannot be in a bad mood if right. you are ordering alcohol cupcakes, right. right? Like, what kind of person is in a bad mood? You know? Yeah. So we get a chance to be part of all of that. And you guys kind of pioneered that craze because now, like, even on Instagram, you'll see like. Uh, alcohol strawberries yes and i've seen like they put alcohol in everything now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly which is wonderful because again it just you know as long as there's there's more into the marketplace it makes it easier from an execution level right mm-hmm. now we're going to get better rates on alcohol now we're going to get better rates on packaging and product and whatever it is so i welcome um, more coming into the area you mm-hmm. know as opposed to people wanting to like keep it out or, or keep it singular I welcome all of it in more because it's going to create a better environment and a more accepting environment. Absolutely. And, okay, so you've done pageants. You have so many businesses. You're invested in different businesses. How do you, like, organize yourself to have the time to do everything? And how do you balance your, you know, I guess your your personal life with your career? Yeah. You know, certainly sacrifices are made. And, um, you know, especially from, like, 2012 to, like, 2016, right when um, Sin City Cupcakes uh, – Christy, like all the businesses were starting up at once. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal relationships definitely suffered. Um, it, you know, also with the pageantry too, because my it amplified my schedule. So mm-hmm. I was out any free time I had. I was literally out volunteering in the community. Mm-hmm. So um, not only did my romantic relationships suffer, but also my personal relationships, like literally with girlfriends, right? Like mm-hmm. I, 
I didn't attend birthday parties and bridal showers and, and you know, trips to Cabo because I was here. Mm-hmm. I was volunteering or I, I had certain obligations I had to meet here, business obligations, whatever it was, and I had to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So um, that was difficult, a difficult time period. But um, it's true that, like, your team and your tribe, like, mm-hmm. they get it. And they support you. And they know that you're going to come back strong. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, like, I missed the trip to Cabo, but I was there for the wedding and we walled yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 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 I made up for it, you yeah. know? Um, and I think on the personal side, it's it's interesting because you look at, like, Oprah. Mm-hmm. She's not married. Yeah. She has no kids. Yeah. You look at Martha Stewart. She's not married. Mm-hmm. She was married before she blew up. Yeah. She has a kid from that marriage before she got big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you look at these really, really successful women mm-hmm. and and... They don't have that traditional nuclear family. Mm-hmm. So I think it invites a conversation about what is it that you want, right? right? Um, what's important to you? And what what are you building all of this for, mm-hmm. right? Why am I working so hard? Yeah. It's because I hope to leave a legacy, and, and I do want family to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do it without a supportive partner, mm-hmm. right? Um, so not only on, like, the business side, but um, so my boyfriend, his name is Corey Hendricks. He's an MMA fighter here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's extremely supportive of everything that I do. And not only in, like, a, you know, verbal of, like, oh, you know, I support you, but mm-hmm. he tries to help with everything that I'm doing. So with Ship Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, when we were getting Store One going, I got a quote from a, a contractor for a counter. I wanted like a big long counter that, that went all the way across the store. Mm-hmm. And so they call that like a custom counter, custom millwork, whatever. Yeah. This estimate girl was like $8,000 oh. for a freaking desk. It was right. like a long desk. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to say right yeah. now. You know? So like I had the estimate like in my home office on the table mm-hmm. and I was complaining about it, you yeah. know. And Corey looked at it and he was like, I could build that. And I was like, Okay, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like, sure you yeah, can. Yeah, you're being cute. Like, mm-hmm. Stop, it's fine. No, he, girl, he built it. Wow. Yes. That's so, like, awesome. Just any way that, that, you know, if you have someone who's willing to support you and, mm-hmm. and wants to help in everything that you're doing, like, mm-hmm. let them. Yeah, absolutely. I heard a story about a girl that was a makeup artist, and uh, her boyfriend built her, like, a custom oh, vanity with, like, it. the bulbs, like, yes. the LED lights yes. and everything. And, love it. And he was like, I need her to do her art in, a, like, a better, you know, <laughs> oh. a better station or whatever. And, that's yeah, awesome. like, I think that's really important and really cool. But um, a lot of women sometimes I feel like are on the, I guess they're on the ladder to success and yeah. maybe their partner isn't supportive. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to those women who maybe their partner's intimidated by their success yeah. or maybe it's causing a riff in the relationship? I think that's rooted in like a confidence issue, right? Mm-hmm. If you are with a man who is threatened by your success or, you know, is, is like, well, why do you got to go to that? Why do you got to go to that or right. whatever? Like, you need to be with someone who's supportive because otherwise that person's going to be like an anchor, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to hold you in the same place you're at. And maybe where you're at is fine. Mm-hmm. But if if you want to continue to grow and experience personal development and self-growth, mm-hmm. you can't do that with an anchor tied to you. Right. Right. You need someone who's going to buoy you, mm-hmm. right? And, and be there to support you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so important because I do see that sometimes with girlfriends where, where they have, you know, they're trying to pursue things and their man is just, you know, they're kind of like hating, but not really because yes. they love the success part. But what it takes to get there sometimes is not pretty. There was a meme I just saw on Instagram the other day and it was like, it's, it was something I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of like, if you want a rich girl, prepare to be with a busy girl. Right. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. If you want her to have her own money, mm-hmm. she's going to be busy. Right. You know? Yeah. And and exactly. And you do need to find a partner that does. I think that's stuff like you have to talk about before you get engaged and get married. Because yes. sometimes couples get in these relationships for like 
three years, and then it's like, well, actually, I always wanted to go to med school, and then it's like a big thing yeah. because you never told him that before. So it's important to be honest about, I guess, your goals and aspirations. And I think in relationships, you know, obviously people change, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, even my first relationship um, that I had here in Las Vegas, it was, it was very serious, and um, I had, I was with him just when I was only working at the law firm, way before Sin City Cupcakes got started, before it was even an idea, mm-hmm. right? So we're together, everything's good, started Sin City Cupcakes, and then I started doing the pageant. Like, it just, one thing after another after another, yeah. and, like, that's eventually what drifted us apart, right? Mm-hmm. So if you guys aren't growing together, I think that's also a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what inspires you? Where do you get inspiration from when you're feeling low or having some self-doubt? There are so many great podcasts, mm-hmm. like this one. Um, and also books. Um, there are two books in particular that I read often. Um, one is called uh, Tribe of Mentors, mm-hmm. and um, the other is Tools of Titans. And it's basically um, these excerpts from Tim Ferriss's podcast of successful people he's interviewed. And it breaks down pretty much everything. And it asks those questions like you just asked, like, you know, what do you do when you're feeling low? What do you read? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you eat in the morning? How do you exercise? Who do you call? Like, it, it just kind of breaks that all down. And it's really interesting to read everyone's different stories and perspectives because mm-hmm. then you get ideas for what you can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's crazy because you could look at the most successful person. Let's look at Oprah. Let's look at Jennifer sure. Lopez. Let's look at Beyonce. I'm sure even they have their off days where they're thinking, maybe this song isn't going to work. Maybe this video isn't going to work. Maybe this new TV show isn't going to work. I mean, mm-hmm. we all we all go through it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what are some of your life hacks to be more productive? Do you have any <laughs> apps that like really help you stay organized or anything that you do, like a routine in the morning? Yeah, so um, first thing in the morning, I um, this is so cheesy. I text my parents mm-hmm. and I say, hi, good morning, have a great day, I love you. Like, Aww. it's kind of my way of like cheat gratitude journaling, but mm-hmm. like I start the day on a really positive no, right? Yes, I'm, yes. hi, good morning, I love you, have a great day. Like, it's just this, like, positive um, little text out. Mm-hmm. And then I get the inbound, you know, have a great day, too, I love you. So it's, like, it's just a nice way to start the day. Mm-hmm. And then um, I do a little, like, mini, it's not a workout. It's, like, stretching and, and body weight exercises, basically. It takes mm-hmm. about 10 minutes. But it just kind of gets the blood flowing, and um, it's my way of kind of, like, staying in shape. I do intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I don't really watch my diet, but it's just intermittent fasting. And then, like I said, that that short morning routine that changes every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of my way to just kind of start the morning. Um, it's my time to just do me, right? It's early in the morning, so my phone's not blowing up. Mm-hmm. I don't have crazy emails coming in yet. Like, yeah. It's just my time, right? Um, and then I think also, you know, in the morning time, when you have um, that quiet moment, go ahead and put on, you know, whether it's a podcast or sometimes I put classical music on Pandora, mm-hmm. just something to, to get your, your brain going, but it's in a way that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. What do you listen to? What <laughs> inspires you? Speaking of. Yeah. Um, I love all genres of music. Um, mm-hmm. So growing up with piano and flute, obviously classical is, is soothing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My playlist is like, Jay-Z, I'm like <laughs> jazz music, I'm everywhere, you know, and that's what I like. I like like a mix. I love it. Is there a particular song that makes you feel empowered or makes you feel super strong or like when you listen to it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God, so many. Um, 
uh, you know, certainly like anything by Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. She's just like singing her heart out. And, and the piano. Like, oh, yeah. like you're just like, yes, girl. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Beyonce. Yes. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got like that girl power in it. You know, sometimes a little bit of like Kelly Clarkson. Yes. Or like, right? Mm-hmm. Where she's just singing her heart out and, and she's independent on mm-hmm. her own, you know. So I love that. Yeah. I, and Pink's another one that I really oh, like great. that I'm yeah. always like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, you listen to her music, right? Exactly. Um, how important is it for women to stick together? It's, I can't even stress how important it is. There's so many different stories out there of, of you know, whether it's cattiness or competition or whatever it is, but ultimately, I feel like the survivors definitely come from a tribe of women who support other women, mm-hmm. right? And and it's rooted in, like, you know, having a strong mom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's women supporting other women, you know? Right. And so I, I think if you especially if you come from that background and you can model it mm-hmm. and you can see it, it's kind of the same way. Like, you know how to love because you've been loved. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a, a, you know, strong mom, strong family tribe of strong female women in your family, there is no excuse for you not to also pass that forward and embrace that into your friends and family mm-hmm. life. Right? right. And there's so many little things you can do too. Cause like I have a lot of friends that um, work in the music industry or work in radio or whatever. And um, sometimes they'll have an accomplishment that they post and I try to repost them. Sure. To celebrate them, yeah. to show them support. And it's little things like that. Like I, Because I, I was talking to another girlfriend and she was like, well, I don't want to look like thirsty or I don't want to look, you know, like, mm. like, like I'm, you know, trying to repost this or that. And I'm like, it's not looking third like you're not too cool yeah it's just give your girl a shout out yeah yeah that's yeah. literally what it is you're exactly. giving your friend a shout out and saying congratulations like we shouldn't feel like worry about what people think about celebrating our friends exactly you know? right yeah, yeah it's about being supportive and speaking of instagram a lot of businesses now are being started on instagram mm-hmm. whether it's a little clothing boutique i've seen uh, motivational speakers selling mm-hmm. ebooks um, you know, I've seen so many different waist trainers, so many different things coming up on social media. What do you think about businesses starting on Instagram and using that platform? I think it's wonderful. I think e-commerce and social media, I mean, this wasn't even around 10 years ago in a meaningful way. This was around five years ago in a meaningful way. We are so lucky to live in a time where we have technology at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And as a consumer, any customer of yours can buy with the push of a button from their phone. Right. So now all you need to do is get your product in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. So with the swimmer company, with Liquid and Lace, when we first started, well, it's almost five years ago now, um, we went the very traditional uh, swimwear and lingerie route, which mm-hmm. was you work directly with the manufacturer, you get your designs completed you know twice a year for fall and spring with the fashion lines and coinciding with the shows Mm -hmm. and then um you have to order you know ten thousand units right and then you hold inventory Mm -hmm. and as the orders come in you ship them out right right? i can't tell you how exhausting that is Mm -hmm. and and it's so difficult from a logistics end to to store ten thousand swims i mean it's just ridiculous you know now you have e-commerce and drop shipping yes which is insane now, which is yeah. so lucky now, right? So you can start an e-commerce business mm-hmm. literally, I don't know, two hours maybe, mm-hmm. buy your domain name, get logged on to Shopify, create an account on Oberlo, and that's your drop shipper. And then boom, boom, you click which items you want to sell in your e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to hold any inventory. You don't have to pre-order it. It gets sent out from directly from the manufacturer when your customer orders it. Mm-hmm. What? Right, like, yeah. That's insane that it can be done that way. So right. all those, you know, like Instagram, social media, anywhere that you can shop, mm-hmm. um, those are generally usually tied to an e-commerce backend that has drop shipping. And it could be so simple. Like if you have, if you 
dress in a unique way and everybody's always complimenting you mm-hmm. on, you know, your outfits or your shoes or your makeup, you can literally curate a store with the products that you use, whether yes. it's a, a shoe store, makeup, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and get your audience or your friends or family to start shopping. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many programs, even like, um, I think Amazon has like an influencer program mm-hmm. where just like you were saying, like, you know, there's certain type of makeup you like, whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not your line because it's from Sephora or whatever. You just include the link, right? right? There's a back link on it, and you still get paid when right. someone buys it. Right. Like, there's yeah. so many ways to make money now. And that's just a way that you're generating revenue without even trying. I mean, you're exactly. obviously putting in the effort to post the product, but it's just there waiting, you know, for consumption. Yes, exactly yeah. right. So I, I think that, you know, any way that you can think about how are different streams of revenues available to me, mm-hmm. right? So you have a source of income of being on the radio show, right? Mm-hmm. But that requires you to physically be in the seat, in the studio, talking on air, right? You're working yeah. physically, it's just you, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're not in studio doing that, you're not getting paid on the, on the radio time, right? On your right. show because the show's not on, right. right? What are other ways that you can be producing revenue income so that while you're seated working your show, mm-hmm. you got money coming in? Right, because they say diversifying is key, right? Like um, I was reading something that millionaires usually have at least four streams of revenue or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So that's four different businesses or four different ideas or four different projects that are just going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways to invest. So just like you had mentioned with crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Put some money into each of the top 10. Start an, an account on like fundrise.com, which is um, a commercial real estate investing platform. Mm-hmm. And that one has a low barrier of entry. I think it's like five grand to start, which is low for commercial, right? Mm-hmm. Usually you need like 50. So five grand, boom, let it sit, mm-hmm. you know? So if there's any way that you can bring in more revenue, different sources. Mm-hmm, absolutely. One thing I do, because my daughter's in college, she's actually going to be a sophomore at UNLV, um, I put her onto Acorns. Yeah, Which, great. you know, Acorns, the change from every every purchase that you make, your change goes into an account, and then you can choose where that money goes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you spend $3.06, the $0.94 cents go into your Acorn fund, and then yes. it builds. And I told her, I said, you know, you start this at 19, and you start investing in terms of your 401K, and, you know, by the time you're 60... You're going to have millions yes, just by leaving that 94 cents every time you get your Starbucks or, mm-hmm. you know, go to In-N-Out or whatever. Yes, compound interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the key is she's got to keep it in there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people sometimes make a mistake even with their cryptocurrency because they'll see it shoot up mm-hmm. and they get excited and they, they pull, pull it out. out. Yeah. Just leave it in there. Yeah. You know, just money. Leave, leave your money. Yes. Leave your money in there. Let your money make you more money. Yes, exactly. I, I love it. So you're a published author. You've had articles in Forbes and Huffington Post. And I read one of the ones that you had in Forbes, and I love it. Five ways to become a fearless leader, and you got tips from top female executives. First tip was don't have a complex being the only woman in the room. Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just such an important one to remember. Um, There's so many times that we as women will just get underestimated, whether because we're women, mm-hmm. whether because maybe we look young, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we're small in stature, whatever it is. There's yeah. so many different ways to, to feel underestimated and we get underestimated. So there was a time um, when I worked at the firm, we had a, a client who's like this like super old school Russian guy. He was mm-hmm. like 70 years old, just super old school and only wanted to work with male attorney, with a male attorney. And that was just, he was just old school. That was his preference. Mm-hmm. No skin off my back. Like yeah. I, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, there was a point in time where we had to take a deposition of, of for him um, and no one else was available to do it. So my mm-hmm. boss was like, you have to do it. And I was like, man, you know, yeah. just like personally, like, I was like, I don't want to work with that guy. You know, yeah. like, I know he doesn't like me. Like, I just, yeah. I don't like him, you know. Yeah. And I was 25 at the time. And so I go in. It's a room, uh, 
similar size than this, and mm-hmm. we're seated across from each other, and there is um, a recording device in the center, and mm-hmm. I have my list of questions, and it was just like two pages, like, boom, we just got to read them, you got to answer them, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. super easy. We're out, in and out. And I said, do you need anything before we get started? And um, he was like, I'd like a cup of coffee. And I was like, sure, no problem. So I buzz in um, our admin, and she came in, brought it, dropped it off, left. Mm -hmm. As soon as she left, he goes, I want you to go get me a cup of coffee. (gasps) And I was Uh just like, Uh, (laughs) you know, yeah. Like, I was just, like, sitting there, like, and we had this, like, stare off, you know. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, um. And you can't prepare for that, right? Like, yeah, and, and I was already I was already intimidated by yeah. him, you know, because mm-hmm. I I had I knew going in, you know, and, and so I was just like, ah, oh, like mm-hmm. what do I do? Um, so in times like that, when you are, you know, maybe the only woman in the room, and maybe someone's being a bit of a bully, mm-hmm. you've got to speak their language, right? Mm-hmm. Like meet them where they're at, because he's never gonna wake up one day and be like, you know what, you're so valuable, or whatever, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's just that's how he is, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So you got to speak their language. And so I was like, okay, um, I can go get you a cup of coffee. It'll take me about 15 minutes to make it and bring it in. I bill out at $450 an hour. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right? So um, I, I will go do that if you'd like me to. Yeah, if you want to pay me to get you coffee, right, no problem. Right. So, like, so I, I said that, and mm-hmm. he just kind of, like, stared at me. Like, <laughs> is this, you know, is this yeah. really happening? And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't break his stare. Because if I right. break his stare, I lose. You right, know what I mean? Right, so right. I was, like, yeah. staring at him. And, and he, like, went like this. He, like, waved his hand. Like, whatever. Like, dismissively. Yeah. yeah. And so I took that as, like, move forward. Yeah. So, boom, I hit record and just asked the first question. Wow. So, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously after, I was, like, in my car, like, yelling at my mom, like, telling mm. her this story. And I was all mad, you yeah. know. But you got to meet them where they're at. You, you got to remember, like, why are you there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I could have, like, stormed out of the room and, like, wh- what, went and tattletailed to my boss. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to be like, uh, you need to handle this. Yeah. Like, you know, clean it up. And so, yeah, you've got to remember, why are you there? Mm-hmm. You're there to get a, something done, right? Mm-hmm. You're there to get the deal done or mm-hmm. the task done, whatever it is. Get it done and speak their language. Yeah. Meet them where they're at then. I totally agree with that because even working in my field, obviously, yeah. you know, music is very male dominated yes. when you look at radio stations oh, yeah. and things like that. And I know at times, a lot of, t- I would say most of my career, I'm probably the only woman at the table when we're having like our DJ meetings or whatever's going yeah. on with the staff. You know, sometimes the men make decisions based on how men think, but we also have female listeners. So what I used to do was tell them how I felt and I realized it wasn't really working. Mm. So then I was like, okay. Our female audience yes. thinks da 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 That's perfect. And then you kind of put it back on them because it's part of our business, right, is our mm-hmm. female audience. We can't leave them out. Yeah. So maybe they don't care about my personal opinion, even though I felt like my personal opinion was speaking for our female audience. Mm-hmm. Putting it that way didn't work. Correct. So I had to kind of step back and be like, how can I say this without... So smart. Right, yes. yes. So exactly. you, sometimes you have to kind of do that. And, and like you said, meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Another tip you had is mentor other women. And I heard you mention earlier that you have some mentees. So yes. tell me, what that what is that like being a mentor and why is it so important? I love being in like a mentorship position. Um, I'm so lucky to have amazing mentors. So mm-hmm. um, being around um, other young women who um, I'm able to help cultivate and, and just bring any value and knowledge to what they're going through or questions they have or experiences they have. Um, it's, it's very, it's nurturing feeling. So mm-hmm. I love like being a, a caretaker for that and kind of being a big sis. Um, I think it's so important because 
without without strong mentors in my path, I definitely wouldn't have gotten to where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't continue to grow, right? They're, they're constantly bringing me new stuff. Like every week, you know, I'm learning something new. Yeah. So I want to try to bring that same value to people that I mentor as well. And how do you decide who to mentor? Or do people come to you? You know, it's just an organic relationship. I think it's really odd when someone comes up and they're like, will you be my mentor? Yeah. Like it, right? Because <laughs> it, it's, it, it's kind of like asking someone like, will you be my friend? Yeah, right? Like yeah, it's just yeah. an odd thing. Um, if there's someone in your life that, that you would like to learn more from, mm-hmm. reach out to them then, right? But, mm-hmm. like, in an organic way, in a friend way, like, establish a friendship, right? Because mm-hmm. all a mentorship is is a relationship. It's a friendship, right? right. Um, and it's someone who cares about you and, and has your best interests at heart. So same thing, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's a friend to me. Mm-hmm. So cultivate a, a friendship. Um, there's a, a particular mentor I have um, I. I was very intimidated when I first met him because he comes from like a, a billionaire family. And, and I was like, wow, it's so amazing. They've accomplished yeah. so much. Um, you know, who am I to, to try to, you know, put myself into this circle? And um, what I did was um, I would send him an email every once in a while when I would read like a New York Times article or something that made me think of something he mentioned or mm-hmm. something he brought up or, an, you know, or maybe an article he read about. I, I would email that to him and I'd say, oh, you know, I, I read this and I, I thought about the conversation we had at blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. I hope you're having a great day. And that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, just through this um, very gradual and organic reach out mm-hmm. and we started to develop a rapport and we built a relationship, right, mm-hmm. a friendship. And then now, you know, he's someone I speak to every week. Right. So it's just a slow, it's just an organic relationship, like you said, just a friendship that continues to grow. Mm -hmm. Be an end user is another tip. And I think we kind of touched on this earlier where you were saying, you know, you need to learn everything about the business and, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. If, if you don't know every single layer to your business, it's a disadvantage Mm -hmm. because, you know, there'll come a day when, when you're sick with the flu Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, you've got to go out of town or whatever it is. And you know, maybe your operational partner, that happens to them. Maybe your operational staff, you know, your director of whatever, that mm-hmm. happens to them and they're out. Or if you have a restaurant, your chef is sick, right? right. What are you going to do? Close the doors? Yeah. No, like you, you've got to be able to have plan B, C, D, contingency plans where you're like, you know what, this is going to be 100% perfect execution, mm-hmm. but it's going to be 95% because we got to get through this little hump right now. Another one, and I thought this one was so important, practice what you post because your credibility is on the line. Yeah. And um, in the article, you mentioned how some people are always posting these motivational quotes and right. everything looks so woosan <laughs> zen. But like, if you know them, their personal life could be in shambles. Yes. So, or they're like so negative in person and you're like, who are you? Yeah, like, right. Like I was just reading your quote that got me going this yeah, morning. Yeah, got me all pumped up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Practice what you post because it just goes back to what we talked about before about like authenticity and, um, you know, being just being real, mm-hmm. right? Because social media, let's face it, like social media is a marketing tool, yeah. right? Um, I think it's a fabulous marketing tool, but but somewhere it's very easy to use it as a facade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then now it's it's not authentic anymore. And right. so it's very important, I think, to to keep to be cognizant of that, keep that in mind. And it's it's a lesson I tell myself sometimes too, because I try to be motivational and positive and whatever. And mm-hmm. so Lisa, practice what you post, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the thing that I think people don't realize is a lot of the influencers or a lot of the people that um, have so many followers and are able to generate revenue, mm-hmm. they do specifically curate their pictures 100%. and their posts. Like they plan it out. Like I oh, met yeah. these girls that have this agency and they were showing me an editorial calendar and they do like 60 days out. They'll figure out, you know, when is national a uh, chicken day or national hot dog day or whatever. And they'll do photo shoots based on holidays and 
uh, you know, special days in advance. And then when, you know, 4th of July and you see them looking so cute on the balcony with fireworks, it's like, no, they took that picture back in May. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a real thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They'll, they'll curate photo shoots, just like you said, and it's all mm-hmm. pre-planned in mm-hmm. advance. So social media is a tool. Right. right. It's a marketing tool. And I think if as long as people remember that, mm-hmm. then, then you won't have a lot of these other elements of, of negativity or, you know, FOMO, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. Or, or even worry about what people think about your posts. Because sometimes we're trying to, like, write a clever caption or find the perfect picture. If you're kind of using it, like you said, to really market yourself or market your product or your brand, Mm -hmm. it's part of your campaign. Right. So, you know, when you do a marketing campaign, you don't really worry. You want the public to accept it. You don't worry about what the negativity is going to be. Exactly. You just put it out there with love and hope that the universe kind of, you know, reciprocates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And the last tip you had was make an impact while making an income. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You know, I I think... If, if there's a way, like, I think that's the perfect balance, right? Mm-hmm. If you're able to generate income and sustain a lifestyle that you want, um, combined with engagement in the community and, and creating a lifestyle that you're happy with and that you feel at peace with, mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect balance. Absolutely. It's the yin and the yang. <laughs> and earlier you mentioned gratitude. How important is it to have, to be in the attitude of gratitude? Because I know, like, I sometimes um, come across, and I hate to use the word millennials, but I don't know how to describe <laughs> younger people. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes it seems like there's a lot of entitlement or there's a lot of, it should be me. And they're lacking that attitude of gratitude. And some of the most successful people that I've met always live in the attitude of gratitude. So I always try to, you know, kind of veer the conversation into like, let's not focus on what we don't have and focus on what we do have to make that you know, to, to kind of rewire your brain a little bit. But why is that so important? You're exactly right. Be, with the sense of entitlement, I feel like that is sometimes rooted in like a, a scarcity um, type of mentality, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, there's not enough to go around. So like, yeah. I, I should get mine, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much abundance. We have so much abundance. And so as long as you remember that, right, you got to have that mindset that there's so much abundance. There's enough for everybody. Welcome the competition because all that's going to do is drive your company bigger and better, right? It's going to drive your presence bigger and better as long as you stay on top of your game. Yeah. Right? Don't be slipping. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And then it's all good. But, yeah, I I think it's really important to to remember to um, be thankful for what you have. We are are so lucky. Even with – you know, as crazy as our president is, whatever. Yeah. But like, we live in a country where we can own our own businesses. Mm-hmm. We can buy real estate and, you know, anywhere we want. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go, you know, open a bank account. We can, these things that other countries, literally women cannot do. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you they, know. They just started driving in Saudi Arabia, yes, like last month. Saying. Yeah, Like, yeah. that's so, wow, you yeah. know, like. For, for all the faults that our country has right now, I, I think we're still very, very lucky mm-hmm. to live in a country where we literally can do anything that we want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You and I can sit and have this conversation and we can talk about, um, you know, past issues that we've had with men or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and there's no repercussions, mm-hmm. right? All we're doing is sharing knowledge. We're sharing value. And and that's celebrated. We have freedom of speech here. Mm-hmm. Um, so even living in Las Vegas and Nevada, there's a low barrier of entry to start your own business here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not harbored by like state taxes like California, right. right? It's not super expensive to start an LLC the way it is in California. Mm-hmm. So how lucky are we to yeah. live in a place where we literally you can wake up one morning and start a business mm-hmm. and and create your own life? 
Yeah, and I think it's so important, too, what you said about competition, because a lot of times people want to start a business, and then their friend wants to start the same business, and then they're on their feelings saying, it was my idea. And it's like, there's enough room in the sky for yes. all the birds to fly. Yes. If there can be 50 loaves of bread from different companies, and it's the same white bread, yeah. why can't there be, you know, 50 different of whatever you're doing? Exactly. So yeah. how are you going to make it different? Exactly. Right? Like, that that needs to be the mentality of, like, okay, oh, there's more competition? Okay, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I think it's accountability, right? What do I need to do? to make it stand out, make my company better, whatever it is, instead of, oh, there's too much competition, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Or being mad at it and focusing and fixating, because I've seen people fixate on the competition more than they worry about promoting their own business. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you're not helping yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I love talking with you, Lisa. I mean, you've you've dropped so many gems and so much knowledge on uh, being an entrepreneur. I definitely feel empowered. Good, thank you. (laughs) And um, if we want more info on you, where can we find you and follow you on social? Yeah, you can just find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Lisa Song Sutton. There you go. And um, we got to go try those cupcakes. Yes, I got you. <laughs> All right, uh, Lisa Song Sutton, thank you so much for being a guest on Natalia's Girl Power Hour. Thank you for having me.